Hey y'all. So when it comes to bodies, weight loss is not really something that I'm pursuing right now. But as you know, one of Vanessa's family members has been taking a GLP-1 medication and it's worked really well for him. So if that is part of your journey, you should check out the Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Roe's partner handles all the insurance paperwork to help get the medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. Go to ro.co slash infamous. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash infamous. Campsite Media. From Sony Music Entertainment and Campside Media, this is Infamous. I'm Natalie Robomet. And I'm Vanessa Grigoriadis. And welcome back to our show. Yes, welcome. So since we released our series on Kylie Jenner over the past couple of weeks, which you should go back and listen to now if you haven't already, we've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners. Yeah, and you all had a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts, and a lot of them were actually about another Kardashian, the original Kardashian, Kim. And as luck would have it, both Natalie and I have had quite a few experiences with Kim. So we are going to take this episode to cover all of that. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm actually dying to hear from you uh, (laughs) about your personal experience because we didn't even get a chance to get into that. And me, you. (laughs) So Vanessa, what I really want to know is, how did you first meet Kim Kardashian? Okay, so I met Kim Kardashian at the Mercer Hotel, and it's a place where all the celebrities hang out. And... I met her there for a drink. I mean, it was so strange. I remember absolutely nothing about this encounter, which I think is a very usual experience of talking (laughs) to Kim Kardashian because it's so pleasant speaking to her, but Mm -hmm. like nothing of that much import actually gets said. She had just uh, had a baby Mm. and she was sort of uncomfortable in her own skin, which is something that came up a lot in our conversations. I had also just had a baby. You know, she wasn't feeling very good about the way that she looked, but she was certainly wearing something extremely fitting, and she was Certainly Kim Kardashian. And yet nobody Mm -hmm. came up to talk, (laughs) which is fascinating. Yeah, that's very surprising because I would expect that for like a pre-smartphone era. But this was like, what, 2014, 15, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure pictures were taken. But, you know, could you sell a picture at that point? to TMZ of Kim Kardashian talking on the couch to some random woman? No. Like, you could probably sell one of her talking to Tom Brady or talking to somebody where they could be like, is Kim, you know, because at this point she was was with Kanye, but, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, the story was Kanye, right? Mm. And Kim was sort of like the sub story. So you met her for a drink and was that You know, was this just to get to know each other? Was this like very much on the record for a story? This was like to get to know each other. She had never had a cover of Rolling Stone. And if I remember correctly, Kanye didn't want her to do the cover. And Mm -hmm. so it turned into this thing where Kanye and Kanye's publicist were saying, I don't know about this. Are they going to make fun of you? What exactly is going to happen? 
And, you know, she really wanted to do it because, you know, her father is known as the attorney for for OJ, but really Mm -hmm. he was like a rock and roll guy. He had had a very early magazine that was almost like a type of billboard magazine. And so they had grown up going to lots of concerts, and she used to listen to, like, Mary J. Blige and Earth, Wind, and Fire. And she was just, like, into music, and he Mm -hmm. was too. You know, so much of Kim's motivation is trying to make her father, who passed away too early, happy and make him proud of her in absentia. So she really wanted to do it. So I think there had to be this drink where it was like, okay, talk to Vanessa directly. Mm -hmm. And... You know, that's how I sold her on it. I said, look, this is going to be an iconic story. I promise you I will make sure that this story is memorable and that it tells your fucking crazy-ass Fakata, like, Kardashian's rise to, you know, prominence story, Mm -hmm. like, in all of its full flower. And so she was like, okay, great. And then we were sort of off to the races. So then you start actually reporting it, and I assume you spent, like, a day with her. So tell me about that. Okay, so I flew to L.A. I had not watched any of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. So then I'm, you know, on the plane watching all of these like reality shows, just like, what is happening? It, it, it would have taken me like 30 weeks to watch all the TV that had already come out about mm-hmm. them. So I'm just kind of haphazardly like clicking on different episodes. So I landed in LA. So I went to an office. It was Whale Rock where she was making God knows what, some sort of digital media. So Whale Rock, I believe they're now defunct, but they were a technology company that was making apps for a slew of celebrities. I mean, mostly the Kardashians, I think. So they had, Kim had this like her own app where you could subscribe. I think it was something like $2.99 a month and you could kind of subscribe. And it was basically just like a personal blog where Kim was posting like how to look cute with braids, like five clothing ideas for date night or whatever, as well as kind of like exclusive pictures. It, It was essentially kind of like a gated and paid subscription model for like a personal blog. Yeah. So I roll up to this place and you never know as a journalist, if this is this like a real meeting or are you guys just right. here for my benefit? But, you know, there's like 20 people there and she comes in and it's about like other emojis that they could put out that are not just like Kim crying face that are, mm-hmm. you know, related to her life. And she's like, oh, this is cute. It's like a pregnant belly or like a fur jacket or, you know, little things that relate to her. She's like, I don't want a Speedo that has like nothing to do with me. And then they had emojis of like other family members. And she was like, no, definitely no other family members. They're all going to want a piece of this. You know, she talked a lot about her family, obviously, like that's her primary thing and the way they sort of split up the pie and the way they all watch the show together and then decide like, okay, I'm all right with the way this went down on the show. It's not like an episode comes out and they're all like surprised about what they said or what the editors picked, which is potentially why the show is like a little boring, you know, because I'm sure they're like, I don't want that part in all the time. So we went there and then we got into some gigantic SUV and we went to this restaurant, which I always think of as the restaurant I love the most in Santa Monica to Hillstone Restaurant. Can I get the grilled artichoke? Can I get the veggie burger? 
she was like, I this is my one day to cheat. I'm going to eat something. And she ate like half a veggie burger, you know, like in a few fries. But we had a, you know, a nice conversation. I mean, she ate so neatly and precisely and with such good manners. And like, you know, I just remember her sort of absentmindedly folding and unfolding her napkin on her lap as she mm. was talking. So I definitely think that there's so much more to me than that. And I, I really do believe that I am so much smarter than portrayed. Because- you know, we had a lovely time. Like, that's that's the thing about Kim. And that's part of, I believe, how the family has maintained power for so long is that nobody meets Kim Kardashian and doesn't enjoy spending time with her. Like, totally. she has it, whatever that thing is. And, of course, she benefits because her public persona is so outrageous and loose mm-hmm. and low culture that, you know, when you read somebody who's not, like, flashing her vagina at people, you're just, like, shocked, you know? She doesn't have to say anything. And you're like, this is just so much better than I thought she would be. Right, <laughs> right. She's, like, incredibly polite. And I, I definitely took that away from my experience with her as well. Do you remember what she was wearing? Well, I don't remember anything from the Mercer Hotel, but I do, I have a description of her (laughs) in the story. She comes into the meeting precisely on time in an outfit made up of colors found exclusively in nature. Dark green ankle length dress, sand colored lace up sandals, and a tree bark brown Celine purse. The effect is like a photorealistic painting, meaning that the Kardashian on the TV screen feels more real than the Kardashian in the room, which I think is very true. I think she, like, everything she does to her body is for the camera, right? She's a jungle Aphrodite escaped from a forest of big booty nymphs (laughs) with a mane as thick as a horse and as black as volcanic rock. Her eyelashes flutter like teeny tiny go-go dancers' fans. Her nails are small, elegant talons painted a color that manages to be both onyx and the bloodiest red. But it's Kardashian's body that is the thing, of course. And today, as always, her clothing is so tight it feels transgressive, clinging in particular to that strange, glorious butt a formerly taboo body part that is now not only an inescapable part of the American erotic, but also our best and most welcome distraction from climate change, income inequality, and ISIS. (laughs) Just, you know, we like to use a lot of hyperbole at Rolling Stone. Like that's (laughs) Everybody's like playing Hunter Thompson at all times. (laughs) So there's a little hyperbole for you. But look, she looked good. You know, Um, she looked good. And the butt is shocking. You know, kind of were like, does this, is this real? Is it not real? Um, Right. And we talked about that in the show. I think it could be real. Like, I, I do think people have big butts and she might just be one of them. You know? I'm team not real. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, whatever. So we had this nice conversation. And then, you know, she called me after that. She sent me when the piece came out. She sent me three dozen white roses. I was like, yes, Kim Kardashian, you and I are are friends. But, you know, I've never spoken to her again. I have thought a couple of times, I mean, when I wrote a book, I thought to myself, God, should I just, like, ask Kim Kardashian if she could, she could just tweet about this? I could sell so many books. But then I realized, like, that's what everybody does. Right. You know? 
So I am looking at the picture that accompanied your Rolling Stone cover story. It is Kim on the cover of Rolling Stone, clearly nautical theme. It's her bust up. She's kind of turned towards the camera. She's wearing a little sailor hat. She kind of has minimal makeup, kind of a natural glow. Lips slightly open. She's got these big silver Mm. earrings. And then this very prominent red like balconette bra I would say kind of that's coming up over her top so the bra is very much exposed and then she's got this blue and white kind of again nautical sailor-esque top pulled down off the shoulders but it is very much I don't know another way to put this tits on display <laughs> that's I mean yes. basically she's a sailor that's she's a sailor with a huge rack that's like the concept they went with so you tell me what you think of this cover because I could never tell if this was potentially the worst cover I'd ever seen or if it was really good it's shot by Terry Richardson right you know uh Terry Richardson is a controversial to say the least photographer known for a lot of pretty sexually explicit images and also for allegedly coercing models into performing sex acts with him. I don't know if we want to go into all of that. But what I will say is like knowing Terry Richardson's oeuvre, her her breasts really are the focus of this photo. And it very much, I mean, it's very, very explicitly sexy is what I would say. And the headline just says Kim inside her real world. Needless to say, the cover was not iconic. And I don't know if the piece was actually (laughs) iconic, but it's good. It's a good piece. Anybody who has a sibling knows that sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince Harry and Prince William. They'd been each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wandry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds. And they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or was it something that began much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Infamous from Campside Media. I mean, so when did you interview them? 
I've actually interviewed Kim a couple of times. So the first time was for this July 2016 Forbes cover story that I did with her. And just a little bit of background, Kim had this mobile game that was a different thing to the app that you wrote about. She had this mobile game called Kim Kardashian Hollywood, which I don't know if anybody remembers playing it. I had some friends who played it avidly. But essentially, the entire premise of the game was that you you were trying to make it as a celebrity and trying to get more famous. And it, it's mm. very interesting because actually this game already existed and the company that made it, Glue Mobile, was seeing that there was some success with this game, with this idea of like people trying to get famous and they decided like we should layer a celebrity over it to kind of like supercharge this game. Right. And so Kim Kardashian, you know, famous for being famous. That's what she's known for is like for ascending the ranks of fame from Z-list to A-list. They brought her in and it was this kind of incredible deal per my reporting. She was getting 40% of the game's revenue. Not of profit, like of the game's revenue. Yeah, I'm sure they did give her that. I mean, she made it, right? Like she made it happen. Exactly. Kim really went to work with this game. You know, she would like send them pictures of her on vacation. She would let them know where she was going and what she was doing. So then they could write that into the game, for example. So if she was going to Mexico, you could also be going to Mexico in the game. And it kind of like was a way to live vicariously as as Kim Kardashian. So that's the backstory. So I met her at this, it was actually at the photo shoot for the Forbes cover. And she's there sitting in hair and makeup. She's wearing like this little white robe. She had her feet up on kind of a counter. And she turned to look at me and she's like, oh my God, so nice to meet you. She immediately got up and gave me a hug. And I remember being surprised by just how tiny she was. Like, I think she is small. She really is. And I remember looking at her hands and just being like, oh, your hands are so small. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. immediately she's super personable. And she's like, how are you? You know, so nice to meet you. You know, I hear you're from Dubai. I love Dubai. Clearly her publicist had done the research on me and given Kim the lowdown on (laughs) on who I was and where I was from. She's like, you know, I I hear you're Lebanese. One of my best friends is Lebanese. Like, Blah, blah, oh my blah. god, geez. Really connecting yeah. with me. But did you get roses afterwards? No, I didn't, but we had a very strict <laughs> uh no gift policy. <laughs> oh, oh my god, you guys are so so uncorruptible, <laughs> so moral. Well <laughs> <laughs> So so we're on the set of this photo shoot and this was the era where Kanye and Kanye's stylists were dressing her. So everything was very clearly pre-planned in her wardrobe. And my understanding was that it was kind of pre-approved by Kanye. Right. So we had these photos for the inside. And then we also had to do the photograph that was going to be on the cover of Forbes. And the cover of Forbes has a very set formula. It's, you know, looking straight on, arms crossed, looking very businesslike. And right. what business? Yeah. yeah. And what what she was initially wanting to wear, I believe it was this Balenciaga straight off to the runway kind of silk slip dress, almost like a nighty. There was like lace involved, essentially very sexy with cleavage, with shoulders showing. And how I remember it was that um, our photographer and and the the folks on set were essentially like this is a little too sexy for Forbes. <laughs> like, as right. it, this is a lot more skin. Usually it's like a, a an older guy in a suit, you know? And so mm. there was some debate, can we put a blazer over it? 
And then there was this whole back and forth, like, no, the blazer over it, like, isn't approved by Kanye. That's not the oh, look. God. I remember phone calls back and forth and whatever, whatever. So after that photo shoot, I got in the SUV with her and, and she'd gotten changed at this point. This was the Yeezy era. So she's wearing this, like, Life of Pablo orange oversized t-shirt and somehow magically we're in the parking structure in the basement parking structure of where we're going for our meeting and all of a sudden there's paparazzi there so we get out and she's being photographed as we're walking in there's some fantastic shots of like me lingering in the background just being like (laughs) probably holding my (laughs) notebook being like I'm not paparazzi ready And she kind of said something to me like, well, you know, today it's Gun Violence Awareness Day. So I'm wearing orange. So I need to be photographed in orange, which is like the anti-gun violence color. And I'm not saying that she called the paparazzi. You know, I don't know. I didn't see any of that happen. But miraculously, she was suddenly photographed wearing the color she needed to be photographed wearing. Miraculous. So miraculous. So the next time we, you know, I think it was a, maybe about a year later there was a Forbes summit and Kim got booked to come and speak on stage and be interviewed by Steve Forbes which really went went down as an event for the ages and I remember hugging her and thinking oh she kind of smells like fake tan (laughs) which is such a particular scent if you know it you know it you know I'm not knocking her she still looked amazing but she just literally got straight off a 13-hour flight and then The next month, she was launching her KKW Beauty. This was her makeup line that was also a portion of it was was bought by Cody. So I went to this launch that she did at the YouTube offices in Marina Del Rey. And (laughs) a lot of time spent in Marina Del Rey with these these folks. Well, that's where all the, you know, the shooting, the hardcore shooting for advertisers and brands happens. So it makes sense. Exactly. So I walk into this thing and it's it's a it's a makeup beauty event. And this was like the peak days of of YouTube beauty influencers. Right. So it's me and a bunch of beauty influencers like James Charles was sitting next to me and he was wearing those black Balenciaga sock boots that were all the rage at the time. <laughs> I was bequeathed a pair really? of those sock boots. Oh my god! By a friend of mine <laughs> after the Balenciaga scandal, who was she was like, "I'm a public person. I can't be seen <laughs> wearing these." And I was like, "Okay, I'll take them." Oh my god! Well, yeah, there was there was also Patrick Starr, who's another fabulous uh, makeup influencer. Everyone was just there, this full beat, like so glamorous. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Kim was kind of standing in front of a step and repeat, taking pictures with people and I just went up to say hi and you know I wasn't going to get a picture with her that seemed unprofessional and you know of course she she pretended to remember me or she actually remembered me um and yeah that was my time with Kim I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances at the end of a busy week the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use But now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com infamous. That's rocketmoney.com infamous. rocketmoney.com infamous. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. This is Infamous from Campside Media. But you never saw her actually shoot her show. No. Because I saw her shoot her show, and that was extremely weird. <laughs> like, So one of the other things I did with Cam is I went with her. You know, we spent like this whole day together. So let me play you a little bit of this tape. Okay, please. We have a, we have a family meeting mm-hmm. every before the season of every show mm-hmm. with every family member, and then they do it separately. Mm-hmm. So every when we come in separately, we bring our entire schedule yeah. for the next few months as close as possible. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go back and say, "Okay, Claire's is on him this day, this day, this day," but they don't tell us what we're doing until the night before. You can sort of hear her being like who she really is, right? She's a mom under stress. She's got a lot of stuff to do. And this is the way her life works. And she's just like sort of explaining to me like, I'm going to go to this place, this place, this place, and this place. And this is how we shoot. And essentially, like she and the rest of her family just roll around L.A. doing like their different things they need to do all day, like getting their pedicures or whatever it is, taking their meetings. And then they, you know, sort of like a group of friends, but not really, but sort of are like, hey, you're over here filming our multi-million dollar reality show. Maybe I should stop by. If you're over there, like in this case, it was like mm-hmm. looking for Ky- for furniture for Kylie's new house. And everybody had gone to this place in Santa Monica, one of those huge warehouses with tons and tons and tons of furniture. I got so lost in there. And basically, they were sort of like moving through the warehouse in little packs of like two or three. Like it would be like Chris and Kylie or Chloe and Kylie or, you know, whatever it was. They were all there. And, you know, the cameramen are just sort of following them down like aisles of couches while they talk to each other. And it was so amazing to me because you think of them being like, we are performing. But of course, they don't have to perform for the cameras. They just have to stand there and have what looks like a real conversation. Mm -hmm. So they were speaking so softly (laughs) and so subtly that I could barely hear what they were saying, you know, because there's like this enormous guy with a camera in front of me most of the time. I was sort of like trailing around with my notebook trying to like keep up, you know. Mm Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it's so Truman Show, which is something that Kim says, like, my life is the Truman Show. To a degree, like, she's right. That's That's what it is. I am so interested in that idea that at, like, the beginning of every season, they have a family meeting where they go through all their schedules. But you have to imagine Mm. that it's also kind of like a pitch meeting or like a a, a storyline meeting. This season, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I want to break up with Kanye. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's fascinating. I mean, and that's, that's something we talk about 
in the episodes mm. is essentially like this line between what's real and, and what's fake. And it's always so interesting to me what they do address and don't address on the show. So in this new iteration of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like in this season, they don't at all address Astroworld, which was kind of the mm. absolute huge yeah. catastrophe that Travis Scott, like the father of Kylie Jenner's kids, was very much involved in. But we finally are getting some information about Kanye a little bit. And of course, kind of some inherent drama between between Kim and Courtney. But what's always so fascinating to me is that critics aside, whether the new iteration of their show is boring or not aside, they've still managed to keep it going. Like there's been this sustained interest over so many years. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just really want to hear from you. Like, why do you think they've been able to to kind of stick around for so long? That's really the, the big question to me. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. But if I could make something like this happen, we could have a billion dollars. <laughs> um, I mean, I think like I think people underestimate the amount of pleasure people get by like experiencing vicariously a family that is actually functional in some ways like mm. wow these people talk to each other and they work together and they you know see each other all the time and they're really invested in each other's lives and they get on each other's nerves i mean okay forget caitlin she got cast out of the fold and forget rob rob is also not around but like i think that people I think people like that. Like, that's the aspect that I like. Like, you know, having a lot of my family being buried under the ground right now. Like, I enjoy watching, you know, people like who, the sisters who love each other. Yeah, I guess I'd never really thought of them as a functional family, but I guess in a lot of... <laughs> Depends how dysfunctional your own family right, is. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. But it is true. Like, they do actually talk to each other and are, as you said, very much involved in, in each other's lives, even if there's also a lot of commerce and a lot of, like, uh, extenuating circumstances that, that make that so. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like a little pack of really sophisticated communications professionals or something. Like, you can just see them all talking to each other. You say this, and then I'll say that, and let's place this. And, like, there must so, be whiteboards totally. in the, each of these houses of, like, the story arcs and where we're we're going to leak out this piece of information and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I I think they – I don't know if they have, you know, work-life balance because we never get to see, like, does anybody actually cook in this family or right. do they clean their own rooms or right. – <laughs> Like, you just know there's this phalanx of service workers that trails them wherever they go, like me trailing them in the furniture store <laughs> while they're walking around trying to pick couches. But, yeah, there's something lovable. I mean, on the other hand, when I was reporting with Kim, I remember we went to the Barnes & Noble because she had just come out with that selfie book. Mm -hmm. And it was a book of photographs of selfies of herself. I mean, I don't know how much more narcissistic you can get than that. It's almost like solipsism, where it's just like there's nothing that exists outside <laughs> of the self. The self is the world, you know? And isn't that what iPhones have done to us all? Isn't that what Instagram's yes, done to us exactly. all? exactly. <laughs> I mean, the truth is they started it all. I mean, they did start yeah. it all. You know, back then, that selfie book, okay, the title was Selfish. Right. And everybody was sort of outraged by it. And now it's like, yes, everybody's so selfish. Nobody could think about anything except for themselves. Like my daughter, my tween daughter, every time we get in the car, she wants to look at herself in a mirror. Wow. Like if she doesn't have her 
phone, right? She wants to hear her songs on Kids Bop Radio and then look at herself in a mirror singing her songs. Wow. I mean, and I do remember when that book came out, like it was so ridiculed, but I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm like, that's kind of amazingly camp and like, I want to see Kim Kardashian in a John Waters movie, you know? Like, I know. <laughs> there's something really fantastic about that and and just ahead of its time in a very interesting way where I've always wondered if we're just witnessing some big performance art piece and the joke's really on us. Right. I mean, as Kim says, she would be like, you know, if you said that to her, because I did say things like that mm-hmm. to her. And she was like, well, you know, I just don't really think about that you know I pretty much just do my life but you know Kanye thinks about things that way because yeah she's like she her creamy thighs kind of bestride a nation right (laughs) like she's got like all this interesting stuff going on with race and sex and you know women and power and what does it mean for women to have both leisure and a lot of money and also be in control you know what about the Kardashian curse where, you know, every man who interacts with them is not only is there a divorce or a breakup, but the man sort of is left shattered on the ground and the women just march on, you know. But, you know, I mean, the things like when I saw her at Barnes & Noble for doing this selfie book, so she and I sat together while she signed book after book after book. Mm -hmm. And Barnes & Noble had said no photographs because it's just going to take too long. We have a huge line of people just, you know, we're trying to sell books here, not like take selfies with Kim. So you had to buy a book and she signed it. But she was like, you know what? I'm not going to deny everybody who's come here to take a selfie with me. Like, that's the title of the book. I'm not going to look at these 14-year-old girls who are like, please, can I take a selfie? And be like, no, I'm just signing your book. That's so, like, 20th century. Like, what are they (laughs) supposed to do with this autograph? Like, nobody will even understand what that is. She signed her book, but you don't have a picture of her? I don't believe that you actually met her, right? So true. (laughs) But we're sitting there, and these people like start coming on the line and I'm like these people look like pretty like punk rock and they come up to the front and they're not fans and they're actually from PETA and they're just like you're disgusting it takes 50 animals to make a fur coat and you put your child in that oh my god what did she say what was her face doing she just like sort of had like a rictus grin and like trembled a little bit and then moved on with her life And I always thought about that because I was just like, God, you can live in this world of Kardashian bubble Mm -hmm. where everybody's just throwing money at you and saying like, hey, could you tweet about my book? You know, (laughs) but every once in a while something punctures that. Even if you could say like, well, I don't know about these PETA tactics going up to random celebrities like that and throwing paint on them or come on, that's one individual you know, living in a greater society that privileges wearing fur. Mm -hmm. There was something about the line of, like, you dress your kid in that that really got me, where I was like, God, it's sort of true. Like, who puts fur on their child? Right. But that's the, but in some ways, that's the American dream. It is, but it's like, is it, like, I sort of understand, I mean, personally, I don't wear fur, but I am a fine with other people. That's a personal choice if they want to wear it. But you know what you're doing 
to do that for an outfit for a child where the child has no idea is just going to like spit up on it right. and could be wearing velvet, could be wearing polyester. Like kid doesn't care. But I also think there's I mean, and this is what is so interesting uh, with the the kind of her relationship with Kanye and their and their children is that's such a core part of of hip hop is stunting and showing the ascension from where you've come from and the fact that you have enough money to put your kid in a fur coat that they can throw up on especially when it is a black child just given the history of the oppression of black people in this in this country like it's it's an incredible symbol of ascension and and an amazing visual but that's what makes it so complicated is like is is Kim thinking about all of that the ascension she's thinking about Mm -hmm. I mean definitely from my conversations with her what I really realized is Rob Kardashian did not leave a lot to those kids Mm -hmm. he didn't have a lot he had a lot of failed businesses and Caitlyn Jenner was like look I mean she was she was an athlete and she was famous but she wasn't walking down streets paved with gold right. either. And so, you know, the fact is they grew up in Beverly Hills not as wealthy mm-hmm. as like the Hiltons. Mm-hmm. You know, they were sort of the odd family out in some ways. You know, and you could argue her mother as well, like absolutely directed her life to making as much money as possible. Yeah. To her, money means she's safe. Yeah. Means like I get that. she's protected and, you know, everything will be fine and, you know, whatever. It's um, the things that money emotionally means to lots of people are just amplified in her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I asked her, like, well, why do you think people are so fascinated with you? And she said, well, it's aspirational. Like, (laughs) look where I came from. And now I live in this big house. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, you have bought into the American dream so thoroughly that you can't even see that other people might want a spiritual life or they might want to become like an amazing artist or right. a great writer. I think it's it's both, you know, their constant pursuit of money is both both like what's kept them in the public eye and what ultimately sort of damns them. Mm-hmm. I think that obsession with money just, I think that's why we're so obsessed with them because it perfectly encapsulates like the the greatest pressures and fascination of our time where it's like there's more people who are more wealthy than ever before and also greater income inequality than there's ever been before and we can also see so much more stuff and see so many people posting so many more things and we have a chance to buy so many more consumer products and there's an endless need to buy 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 but also just like a great emptiness Next time on Infamous. This is not so much a story of infamy as it is of a famous woman, perhaps the most famous woman in the world, Taylor Swift. These next episodes will be based on Vanessa's exclusive tape recordings of Taylor Swift when she interviewed her for Taylor's first Rolling Stone cover. Yesterday I woke up and um, went to the Beverly Center it's so funny because my dad's never seen paparazzi before. It's self-preservation. I try yeah. not to go too far out there and and predict that I'm going to be so successful and mm-hmm. all that. I kind of started living by the motto of, I'd rather enjoy this than spend every single minute being afraid of losing it.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.